Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. Half Hope is somewhere. He'll be here shortly. But we do have Paul with us. What's going on, Paul? Hi, Daniel. I'm super excited to be back. It's been much too long. We're back. We're back. Um, remember to follow us on Twitter. All the links are in the description. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. Check us out on Patreon as well. Paul, where can people find you on the internet before we get going? I mean, it's mostly they can't really. I mean, <laughs> that's that's my aim anyway. Um, but if you want to listen to me talk about Manchester United with my friend Ed, uh, then you can look for uh, what used to be called the Rankcast, which has for the last couple of seasons been called the No Question About That podcast. And yeah, we're on all your podcast providers. Uh, you can find us. Um, me and Ed both run the Instagram account at NQAT Pod. He has a Twitter at NQAT pod. That is definitely not me, I should say, because uh, <laughs> if you read that, you might find it a different tone to my own. Um, and uh, yeah, if you like pictures of nature, you can follow me on Instagram at Peaceful Paul. There you go. Yeah. What's what's going on with you and Twitter? Like you're on, then you were off for a while, then you came back. Are you off again? Yeah. So um, I had uh, I I used to have a blue tick on Twitter um, yeah. from the, the glory days of Bleacher Report. Um, hey. and then when they were giving it boo um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then uh, I, so when you have a, a blue tick you can leave your Twitter account deactivated for 12 months and they won't delete it um, and so I was just like oh when I left Bleach Report I thought oh I don't have to be on Twitter anymore um, so I'm going to deactivate this account and then I reactivated it when we changed our name um, as a podcast to kind of try and uh, do a bit of promotion for the show and all that sort of thing changed the name lost the blue check mark when I changed the name of the Twitter account um, and then you can only have 28 days so now I can't just leave the account sat dormant and reactivate it every now and again because I would have to do that every once a month and I can't be bothered with that life admin. So I have just let it go. Um, and in about uh, 12 days, I think it will be uh, deleted forever, which I'm super excited about, really, because uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of that platform. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to let the people go like it's it's OK? I'm I'm sorry for the there are a few people that were a bit sort of sad about it because they like the content or whatever but no I'm more than happy to to not have that in my life. I, I fundamentally I think Twitter is a bad platform that is bad for you. That is that is my my fundamental belief and in my life in general I try to mostly do things that are good for me and not do things that I think are bad for me. So cool. 
Hey man, if it's healthy for you, then it's healthy for you. I don't think yeah. it's healthy for me either. Like I had this this tweet pinned. Don't tweet everything you think. That wasn't a message to anybody but myself. Because if yeah. I tweeted everything that I thought, I'd either one get in trouble or it would just be a waste of your time. Because you don't need to read everything that I think. But anyway, as Paul said, the links to his podcast will be uh, in the description. He's a Manchester United guy. He's been on the podcast enough. You guys know this. Um, let's talk about Manchester United. So, oh, I'm happy for to do that. This is, a, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that I'm on the show because we won five one and say we'd lost to I don't know. Let me pick a team at random. Chelsea this weekend. I wouldn't have come on the show, but it doesn't hurt, does it? When was the last time you felt this good about your team? It's a great question. I I don't know. I mean, I felt extremely good about my team in the sort of 10 weeks after Mourinho left just because Mourinho wasn't there anymore. Um, and that's one of the nicest feelings I've ever had in football. You know, I've supported a team that won the treble and won the European Cup and the league in the same season and all these things. And those are above Jose Mourinho leaving, but it's it's probably top 10 all-time United moments for me. Um it's certainly the most relieved I've ever been as a United fan. Um, so I felt really good then. But, you know, f- football-wise, it's obviously, it's not since Fergie. I mean, I know Solskjaer gets a lot of stick and I think some of it is totally reasonable. And I don't think he's, you know, um, a tactical mastermind or anything like that. But, I, you know, the stat, you might have seen it, lots of people have seen it that's been doing the rounds that in something like 400 games between... Uh, Ferguson and Solskjaer United scored five or more goals twice and in the 152 games that Solskjaer has been in charge it's happened more than 10 times 10 or 10 times now they've scored five or more goals so you know it's so much more fun how do you feel about your striker situation are you cool with how he's setting things up like there's no I guess Rashford had the surgery so he's out for a while Martial's yeah do you are you still repping Martial I can't stop. I mean, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know what I believe anymore, but I know what I'll say in public. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm joking. Joking, of course. Like, um, I I think it's too soon to write him off altogether. Um, I think we've seen that there's a there's an extraordinary talent in there. Um, he's done brilliant things. He's the season before last you felt like, oh, maybe this is it now. Maybe he's got the number nine shirt back. He's playing up front. He scored a lot of goals that season. I think he was scoring at one in two. Um, And you're thinking, okay, here we go. Uh, And then last season, first half of the season was a complete bust form-wise. Although before the injury, I thought that like his link-up play around the box was starting to look better and those kinds of things. Uh, and then he was just injured again, which is which has been a huge feature of his time at United. And people talk about, I don't know, you know, one of the reasons that I defend Martial to the hilt is because I just don't like the tone of some of the discussion around him, you know. Um, but one of the things that's been talked about, not really enough, I think, is is that he's been... He has really had a lot of injury troubles at United. So I think that's probably hampered his career. But yeah, uh, in terms of how we're setting up, um, I I don't know how any United fan realistically could be anything other than really excited about this season. Because if there was one thing you looked at that attack last season and thought, you know, there's one piece missing and that's someone who is a natural to play on the right-hand side of the attack. And then we signed 
I can't think of a player that would have been more exciting to sign to fulfill that role than Jaden Sancho. So to to the Leeds game, you guys have a rivalry, am I correct in that? Oh, yeah. I mean, on the commentary, the co-commentator said it's a, a rivalry maybe more from the Leeds side. I was like, no way. Leeds, there's a lot of Man United fans that hate Leeds more than they hate Man City um of, of a certain age definitely um leads are there's there's a there's there's an ancient rivalry between lancashire and yorkshire right there were wars between those regions um that's uh in cricket it's called the roses match because uh, when the white rose of yorkshire and the red rose of lancashire which were the emblems of warring armies uh, a long time ago and uh leeds versus manchester united was a a vicious and bitter rivalry it was it was the scariest place you know a lot of I I never really was a big traveling around uh, supporting the team at different grounds kind of fan but people that I know that were would have been more frightened or or, you know have the hairs of the on the back of their neck up more going to Ellen Road than they even would going to Anfield sometimes because the the rivalry was was it was vicious is the way I would describe that rivalry you crushed them yeah (laughs) and it it, it didn't always looked like it was going to be the case if we're honest it was one nil i don't know what your defense was thinking about <laughs> on the equalizing goal hell of hell of a strike though De Gea yeah. didn't have much of a chance i was worried for De Gea because i thought okay if Leeds win then people even though you got to give the the homie credit it's going to be some more De Gea hate but then immediately pogba the greenwoods Oof. And then, or was there a cross that found somebody? I don't know what happened. No, it was just so, so many goals at the same time. But, <laughs> bro, talk, talk to me about Paul Pogba, please. I mean, he is easily one of the most fun players in the world, easily. And he is so extraordinarily good when he's on it. And, you know, Daniel, you and I have talked a lot about France over the years and wow. watching watching him play for France has consistently been just a joy. But, you know, two things combined in this game. Well, I guess three things. One, whatever's going on with him personally, he was just on it. Two, tactically, he was given the freedom, the keys to the city by Solskjaer, just like, yep, go wherever you want, do what you ever want, do whatever you want, make stuff happen. Um, and three, leads weren't exactly swarming in with the press, I, I think it's fair to say. But he was magnificent in this game. The ball for Greenwood. So Shaw does really well. He's under a little... He does, he's, it was he's so under, good. It's so, so good. good. It's more or less first time as well. Before that, even, the goal for the, the ball for the first goal, where McTominay pings it into him and he just deftly kind of lifts it over the defence. And Bruno did really well to oh, yeah, control I it. Yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted out, that if United have a full season of hashtag France Pogba is what I'm calling him. Yeah. You, you guys will win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll win. Do, I think it's, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, that's, it's w- a big if. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't replicate four assists or just the form he has for France for 38 games. So I'm not saying you will win. But if that guy were to be in your team for 38 games, you'll win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Who can live with him? I, I mean, every single one of those assists was excellent as well. Even so that the order of it goes, it's Pogba to Fernandez, Pogba to Greenwood, Pogba to Fernandez. So he's got a hat-trick of assists already. Then Lindelof slightly spoils the party by with a beautiful 60-yard pinger to Bruno. Um, and then Pogba to Fred. 
And that Bruno's third goal was so good. It was absolutely immense. It was immense. Um, But the the Fred goal, how many times have we seen uh, an advanced player, an attacker, a a fullback going forward or a a midfielder in that position um, cut a ball back into the centre of the box where it's half where the striker or the oncoming midfielder has got to do a bit of work. He's got to either slightly speed up his stride or slightly slow down his stride to meet the ball. No, Pogba's, first of all, the decision to pass to Fred and second of all, the weight on the ball is so perfect that Fred has an easy chance to score a goal. Fred. (laughs) This was an absolute masterclass from both. Respect. Respect. (laughs) (laughs) Both, Both Pogba and Fernandez put on a masterclass because Fernandez was brilliant with the ball as well as putting the ball in the back of the net in this game. Have hope. Wait, are you talking about, about the, the same guy who produced a disaster class at the Euros? Yes, that guy. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's the same guy. <laughs> is, 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 what's the saying? Is it saying horses for courses? Like maybe Bruno's just better in the Premier League or in league than he is for Portugal. No, no, no. no. It's, 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 you know, see, my thing is that, look, three goals are three goals. A hat-trick is a hat-trick and those were three very well taken goals. So again, like you you can't you can't ignore that and it's a great way to start the season, but it's only one game. Mm-hmm. It's against a side that United mm-hmm. have already beaten comfortably. It's a side that plays to the strengths of United I they give them space. Yeah. And they obviously ex- exploited them. So my thing is again it doesn't change my view on Bruno or Pogba. My view on Bruno <laughs> is yeah he's a, a good player but at those Euros, it shows that, yeah, this guy, he is limited and maybe he's a systematic and can not only um, excel in particular situations. For Pogba, I already knew how, how good the guy is. But the reality is that I think we will not see a world-class, one of the best in the world, Pogba at Man United because Pogba feeds off of the energy of the players around him. So my thing is that you put Pogba at PSG, we will see one of the best players in the world easily. Because we'll see him do some things that will just make your head go crazy. But there's only so much he can do with the kind of players that United have compared to a better quality of players either at France or at PSG. So you know. I just have I just have to say right now, I've got so many like um endorphins flowing through my system because it's so nice to hear that and be here to reply rather than like shouting into the air as I walk around the park listening or whatever, going, No, but this, that, and the other so it feels really like special to be here and be able to 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 reply directly to some of those points so good feeling go for it what's your list Uh, here's the list okay first of all my first (laughs) my first question to one of my favorite people to listen to talk to about football in the world in mr have hope it's lovely to speak to you by the way Uh, so first of all has anything that's ever happened on a football pitch ever changed your opinion about anything that you already thought about football in, in what sense? Expand. What, 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 how do you mean? Like you, you, you said, nothing, this doesn't change anything about how I feel about Bruno or about Pogba. Yeah. And I've been listening to this show for five years, or maybe mm-hmm. maybe four years I've been listening regularly. And I can maybe think of one or two occasions wherever you said, do you know what? That has actually really changed how I feel about this player. Um, so, oh, 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 no, for sure. Like, what's it called? Um, Salah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like I, th- I thought he was a one-season wonder. Yeah. And then, right now, El Goron from thinking that, mm, one-season wonder, flash the pants, so he's one of the, the most lethal goal, goal scorers in the world. Yeah. So he's yeah. a walking, talking, 
20 to 25 goals a season kind of guy. So yeah, I yeah, I, that that changed me. Um apart from that, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're like, I think everything else is pretty much like that is the only one where I was like, oh, yeah. oh, well, maybe in a smaller sense, Frankie De Jong. Okay. I didn't think the guy was that. I thought the guy was overhyped and so forth. Been watching him more for Netherlands and for Barcelona. Extremely good mid- midfielder. Very good yeah. midfielder. So yeah. we're going to let the world forget that you were out here saying Sanchez was better than Hazard. And now you're like Hazard's top guy. Oh, Sanchez was better. Like, but my thing that that was like that that's once a ton of events because Sanchez became crap. At that point, I said it. Of course, he was better than Hazard. Hundred percent, he was. Because my issue with Hazard pre twenty eighteen was, yeah, you're skillful, but you just run around in circles, not really affecting the game anyway. Then from twenty eighteen onwards, he now became a lot more effective. But so you weren't Sanchez, wrong. He changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, like Sanchez, for some reason, went to United and just lost all of his powers. And Hazard, just something clicked in him after 2018. I am not what uh, the kids would call a Bruno Stan. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he's been amazing at Man United and transformational in a lot of ways. Um, but he's also one of the most frustrating. I mean, he's a incredibly good sometimes. And when he's bad, he's really bad. He is, uh, you know, he destroys counterattacks. He tr- every time he gets the ball, he tries to do something amazing. And occasionally that gets a little frustrating. So I'm not like, I don't think Bruno is in the the very upper echelons of absolutely elite footballers all around the world. Although I'm increasingly convinced that he's he's got a level of effectiveness that, that puts him in a, a kind of important conversations around you know, who are the biggest, who are the players that make the biggest contributions in games? And surely that means something. Anyway, um, I, I would say that that being hypercritical of his performances in the Euros as a means of assessing what you think of the player, it, it's so contextual because I have never known a player looked as dead on his feet and still playing every week as Bruno Fernandes by the end of the pandemic season. Like he'd played, I mean, this is, this is on Solskjaer. This is on Bruno. He played every game. He played in. He played half. Um, he played halves of football in literal dead rubbers this season. He went and he went and he went and he was cooked. He was dead on his feet. And um, he's clearly someone who thrives on being the main man. His best strengths are in front of goal. And Santos played him as an eight, and he's not an eight. And it's Ronaldo's team. And like, I, I just don't think that tells you anything about Bruno other than that he was exhausted and he's not a world-class number eight, basically. For me, it's, it seems like excuses, man, because a good player is a good player is a good player, you know. Now, in a different system, it may you may not be, you may have to adapt yourself and everything, but how football works is, give me the ball to my feet, I'll be able to do something. Put Zidane in any team, anywhere, he will at least be at a level because the ball has to come to my feet. And because I've got so much ability, I, I can I can do things. But when we have guys like Griezmann and Bruno Fernandez, who don't have the kind of hey ability, just a random stray to my cousin. Yeah, <laughs> just taking out my cousin with a stray. <laughs> well, is that your actual cousin? No, he just oh. um, he, he my my mum's friend 
coached the team where he was a junior at, in this little oh. village in France. So, oh wow, okay, okay. Um, I mean, listen, there's 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 reasons I don't want to be associated with Antoine Griezmann. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, 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 so my thing is that see, the thing with Bruno is you played at the eights out of position and so forth. But my thing is, if you are that good of a player. Unless you're played in a totally crazy position, as long as you're played within the vicinity of where you are, you should still be able to have somewhat of an effect on the game. The fact is, he was so ineffective. The fact that he was so completed, hence why um, Santos had to bring in Renato Sanchez. Yeah. Because it was like, no, you're not give, give me something, you're not giving me anything. But I think when you look at the Premier League, the Premier League has more space, it's faster, it's, it's quicker. It's more direct, which plays to Bruno's strengths. International football is a lot more tactical. International football, overall, is different. It's slower. It's a lot more tactical. And you have to adapt your game because international football and club football, they're two totally different beasts. So my thing is that what you've not seen from Bruno is, of course, he's still a a good player, but he's not as good as people make him out to be, you know? And it's a guy where... Given that's the right why I said situation, at the beginning that there were horses for courses. Like perhaps just the the space that you get in club football, if you get it, is just more advantageous for a player like Bruno, and he's playing in a better team compared to the ones that he's playing against. I I'm not sure I accept the premise that in this Euros players got less time and space on the ball than they would in an average Premier League game. I I, I think tactically this this was actually quite a reactive. Euros. There were lots of teams that uh, allowed time and space to the opposition, and then closed them later. Um, I I don't know. Uh, but the other thing I w- wanted to say is like, and like Daniel made a whole documentary about this. I was in that documentary. The amount I love Zinedine Zidane, you know, I, I would go to bat for him under any circumstances. I but forgot I did of, that, you know. I was like, what documentary is he talking about? But, such oh, yeah. a, so good. It's such a good documentary. Um, but the, the if you if Zidane ran a third of the miles that Bruno Fernandez had run in the previous system in the previous season, I would love to have seen what would have happened to him in any one of those international tournaments which he massively shone in. I'm not saying Bruno is uh, equal to Zidane talent-wise, I, I don't think. I don't know that many people other than people who just want to say everyone who was good at football in the old days is rubbish really would, would make that argument. Um, But it's not excuses to say that a player was cooked. It's just, it's like Rashford, right? Rashford is a, he's a better player than we saw last season because he's playing injured and exhausted all the way through the season. Bruno Fernandes was exhausted by the end of last season and was therefore dramatically ineffective. And also the position does expose his limitations. He's that he has limitations as a player. Um, but I think the idea that there, uh, well, of course there are subsections of people who put him on too high a pedestal, but I think most people are just saying, yeah, it's great. He scores loads of goals. It's brilliant. You know, not like he's Zinedine Zidane reborn. We can we can we can leave that there. Um, <laughs> how does Rafael Varane change this team or help it? He's obviously a really high quality defender, but to put this in the simplest possible terms, um, well, let, let's just say he's better at everything. I this is going to sound extremely disrespectful and I don't mean it to be this is about how That's good Var- it's, it's about how good I think Varane is not not anything else. He's better at every aspect of defending than Victor Lindelof. But 
that is less important than the fact that he's, you know, 50% again as quick as Victor Lindelof. And Maguire has real strengths as a defender. There are things he's genuinely good at as a defender. I think he is both um, he is both dramatically overrated in some quarters and as a kind of countermeasure to that, there's people that just think he's absolutely useless, which I think is is kind of palpably nonsense. I think Varane alongside Maguire changes the nature of what Maguire looks like as a defender. I, I think that is such a more logical, it just stands to reason, doesn't it? You think, what do you need alongside Maguire? You need someone who is uh, a cool head, someone who is like classy on the ball, uh, which Lindelof is pretty classy on the ball. Um, but you need someone who has some recovery pace, which neither Maguire nor Lindelof have any. So um, that in theory should mean that Solskjaer is more comfortable in the way that Ferguson was of letting his centre-backs be 1v1 versus attackers, meaning he has to provide less protection, meaning in theory, I imagine we will get less McFred this season. So I think that's that's how he changes the side. Your thoughts on Rafa? Well, Benitez. <laughs> Rafa Varane, bro. Well, 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 look, man, shout out to Benitez, man. Shout out to Benitez. Let me shout out to Benitez, man. <laughs> I, um, the thing with Varane is this, man. Is, well, isn't uh, Rafa in sport, isn't that mostly Nadal? If you hear Rafa, you think of Nadal. Hey, I, 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 I think of Benitez. I think of Benitez. It's, yeah, a football, um, it's a football podcast. Varane, um, I think you have to look up, because I, I watched a lot of Real Madrid games last season, and when Varane is good, he's really good. Yeah. But this guy makes mis- can make mis- mistakes. You know, you look at the hungry goal, that they did score, it was him coming up, exposing the space that led Hungary to, to score. If you watch Real Madrid, when he's with Ramos, oh, it's great. When he's with Militao, mistakes, <laughs> mistakes, mis- mistakes. Like when um, I think it was, it was either Lopte, when I think it was when Solari was manager of Madrid when he took over Lopteki, the amount of mistakes Varane would make, bring out the ball, lose the ball, expose the space, and then Real would concede. So he is. And also, you know, like, what you always have with fast defenders is that they say, well, because I'm fast, you know, I can always make up with my speed. And he's probably the quickest defender in the world. He is extremely fast. So what is going to be key is if him and Maguire, because it's all about partnerships. Defender is not really about how good you are as a defender. A crap defender paired with an amazing defender can make a great partnership. You know, John Stones is not a good defender. But against a good Paired with a good defender, boom, we can form a great understanding because defending is about the units. It is about working together as a, as a unit rather than the individual. So if him and Maguire somehow form a good understanding, oh, United are looking really good. They look really good. So it's just a question of that. Will they form a good back and forth on understanding? Basically, like what you had with Vidic and Rio, complemented each other very well. You know, Rio's athleticism, speed, reading of the game, mobility, Vidic's physicality, strength, jumping power, and they complemented each other well. So, Okay, so we've talked about the opening game. We talked about Pogba, Bruno, uh, the defense. What storyline, not including those those three players, are you most looking forward to this season, Paul? 
I just very, very, very quickly want to just quickly yeah. reply to that and say I completely agree about Varane having a mistake in him, but let's remember he's replacing Victor Lindelof. And I believe that Rafael Varane also has fewer mistakes in him than Victor Lindelof. He's not replacing someone that doesn't make mistakes. He's replacing someone that's made tons and tons of mistakes. Um, I, I've got three very quick answers to, to your which one storyline are you looking forward to? Um, one is the continuation of the Shaw flank redemption as uh, Luke Shaw continues his ascent to being Roberto Carlos's favourite left back. Uh, an absolutely incredible turnaround from a player that I thought we desperately needed to replace at the end of last season. I mean, I asked Hope earlier what what you know which of his opinions have changed for me. Luke Shaw, I, I thought he was cooked. I thought he was done, and instead he's been wonderful for both United and, and England actually. Um, the second one is just Jaden Sancho and and seeing you know Musa Musa Kwanga on the Stadio podcast has been talking about um, how brilliant Sancho's been uh, for a couple of years now and it's going to be super exciting to see that for United see if he can uh, make you know even if he gets half the numbers that he was putting up in the Bundesliga he'll make a massive contribution. Um, and if he can get close to the numbers he was putting up in the Bundesliga, that'll be, wow, quite something. And then the other is just the continued uh, rise and rise of Mason Greenwood, who I think is a, a truly a generational talent. So That reminds me, when I finished, I know that it's half an hour on United, but... This, Sorry, uh, everyone. This Graham Sooner stuff, man. Oh, God. <laughs> It's really disturbing. So, so, it's really okay. disturbing. Greenwood was really, really good. Okay. But Pogba was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. How come he just can't give him his credit? What's wrong? How come you can't just say he had a good game? How come he has to say, ah, he's a hundred million pound player? You you would expect four assists from a hundred million pound player. Okay, Graham. Man City but nil. Tottenham one. Where was Jack Grealish? Have hope. He's a hundred million pounds. He should be given four assists. Why was it the score four one? Oh no! Oh, look, it's there's a very simple answer to this. Well, the, <laughs> there the, are, the, no, the answer that everyone is, it, is jumping if, on. If your is, answer does um, not start with the letter R, <laughs> no, the, the answer that everyone is jumping on is racism, which it isn't. Now that's the one that oh, it's racism, racism, but it's not. What this is is oh, wait a minute, we've got something here because it's called playing the the game, and the game is retweets traffic and traction so what sky sports and students have realized is people are drawn towards negativity more than positivity you think what, knows what how people, to operate twitter what no, no, no wait what people love more is being attracted to something that just pisses me off and people can't get enough of like yeah, this pisses me off but i want bro there are guys today who hate me that have watched every hangout our subscribers and so forth, and these guys insult me, and these guys say that you know you don't do anything because you don't give Christina's credit. And I only say that I think Christina is that great, and they keep saying, "Man, you know nothing." But you keep watching, and I keep saying, "No, Christina, he ain't that good. Like he's a he's a tapping merchant." But this they keep on tuning in. <laughs> so what they've realized is, no, let's keep this thread going because every time. I go on this whole nah, probably it's not that good, or or just some kind of anti public thing. I'm never going to give him his credits. Retweets upon retweets, viral upon viral upon viral. So they're just, they're just playing the game. They're playing the game. They're playing the game. I think he and, and, and it's working. It's working. Yeah, but do do you believe deep down in your heart that Cristiano is a tap merchant? 
and that he's overrated by people. Yes, 100%. You believe so he's a Graham Sunas believes it too. He's not just saying it because it gets retweets. The how things you know, he says gets retweets. How do you know, well, how do you know he believes it? Because it? he believes it. How do you know he believes it? You, you're you not that know, committed no, no, no. to the game. Have you, have you sat down with him? Not even you. We don't know privately what he, he believes. We don't know. All we know is the TV, the lights, and so forth. We don't know. No, maybe he believes it. Maybe he doesn't. Like, we don't know. All I'm saying is that it could very much be a case where, oh, he maybe just will never give him his credit. Or there could be another case where, no, this is the, the, the media game, which is working. Like, it's working. Because they're like, no, as soon as you know what, let's create this narrative of, of you're the anti-Pogba guy. Because if you're the anti-Pogba guy, we're going to get huge traffic of United fans who are really pissed off and so forth. Huge traffic of guys to think you're racist and, and so forth. But if you keep with this whole thing, bro, it, why, it's, why it's, would working, he say it's yes. effective. Why would he say yes to like everybody thinks you're a racist in 2021? Like, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> he, this, he genuinely believes it deep down. It's just that what he says is nonsense. No, no. It's, 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 for, no for me, I believe it's, it's, it's a see, game. The, see, it's see, a game. The, 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 for you, what he's saying is so nonsensical that there must be some ulterior motive to this to make it make sense for you. But what I'm telling you is that that's just what he believes, at least to me. Paul, do you have any opinions on how Pug was portrayed in the media? Maybe you don't have um, to call out Sunas personally, but yeah, I mean, I have a lot of opinions about how Pug was portrayed in the media, and you know, <laughs> I mean, that's that is a much broader conversation, right? Like the as was widely pointed out just before the Euros, when Phil Foden had a extravagant haircut and everyone went isn't he a great guy and you're like oh that's, that's an interesting difference in the way a haircut is treated um mm. i wonder what that could possibly be about uh, i i do not believe that graham zunas is playing a media game but of course i, I don't know this i i believe that graham zunas has a real problem and it's really disturbing that he's given a national platform to uh to talk about it and the undercurrents are re make me feel very uncomfortable and i could be wrong i would love it to be well even if it is um just for clicks it's very disturbing to do this particular thing just for clicks i mean as they said on the football ramble if this is what uh is just expected then it's just expected that good quality players would get 150 assists a season <laughs> so i don't think that's just expected um and uh and also pogba not a hundred million pound player as it goes true just just a little just i mean little 89 side. is close yeah enough, it's close but... enough but not, not hundred. i mean you know uh, I, I think Sunis is a real problem, and uh, I think it's I think it's despicable actually that um, whether it's to be the pantomime villain in this very one in one very specific arena uh, or not, I I'm not convinced by that argument. Although I, I, I of course I don't know, and it could it could absolutely be the case, um, but I don't think it's obviously that it's just for clicks because also um, Sky Sports don't really trade on clicks in that way. They're not a newspaper or whatever. They trade on subscriptions. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure it would drive Sky Sports subscriptions to have uh, Sunes slating Pogba every week. Although, no, you know, no, he's... No, 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 but traffic is traffic, though. So what everybody has realized is, oh, my gosh, the rise of AFTV, the rise of rants, expressions, and so forth. This online thing is the new wave of, of media. Yeah, but have hope. Is, so, is, is no, that no, wait, 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 gaining wait, 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 traffic for Sky, so, or is it for the people who talk about no, them? No, 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 but maybe so the point I'm making is that basically, 
This is it's, it's the new media game. So every whether it's your CNN, Sky Sports, or so forth, everybody is now shifting. Well, not shifting, but they're now sort of now doing a balancing act of okay, we have our bricks and mortar TV studio, TV blah blah, but we have to really get into this whole YouTube thing, Twitter thing, retweet thing because this is now really where media is rapidly going to. Because I'm sure they've looked at the data and a lot of the young kids where who really consume this mostly, they're watching stuff on YouTube and on, and on online media and Twitter. So what Sky Sports are doing is that, look, you see it on YouTube, like even look at the kind of titles they have for the YouTube videos and so forth. It's all to try and get into the whole getting yeah. clicks. So yeah. 100%, they're like, we are creating a narrative here that is generating traffic and generating interest and generating dialogue. And what you find is negative dialogue really is what really generates things, you know, rather than something that's positive, something that sort of ruffles people's feathers and really annoys, annoys people. That narrative, they just push it through. So, so it's like, oh, yeah, it's fair game, you know? So, like, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm like the villain to the United fans who, like, I'm the anti-Pogba guy. Let's play the, the game. It's, it's all a game. So I think Sooners would be saying the exact same things about Pogba in 1987 if there was no internet, yep. no, no Twitter, no Instagram. He'd say the exact same things if we just transported it to a no, 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 probably, no, 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 look, no, probably, like he is probably, yeah, like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So, so, um, City Spurs. This is like the best possible outcome for Harry Kane <laughs> because City now need a striker. This is obvious, and Spurs are now in the best position to kind of say, Kane, we we don't need you. Like they could make the argument. So Harry Kane wins. I think this game doesn't show us, oh, we don't need Kane and so forth. Like, But the fact that I think that they should sell Kane. Because again, as I said again, I leave you unless you're a psychopath. If someone is offering you $150 million for a tree trunk, you're being offered $150 million for a tree trunk. I don't know how many tree trunks that cost up to $100 million. So for Levy, you've now seen this team operates this way without this tree trunk known as Harry Kane. What would be smart is sell him, get some players, and what this team has showed you is, you know what? Give Santo agency and let him recreate and create a team in his own image com- completely. That's what it shows. Because I always say that for Kane, yeah, he's a pretty good goal scorer. He's not world, world class. He's flopped in what the three fans has played for Tottenham, you know, and he's, he's, he's not in the same stratosphere as Peak Cannibal Suarez, Lewandowski, or Benzema. So my thing is that for Tottenham, you can just create a wholly new team that can be very interesting, very entertaining, play a better brand of full football, and then let's Kane go to Man City and so forth. But Levy is stubborn. He's going to stick to his guns for one sixty. But my thing is, you don't want a scenario where, because this is a scenario, and I'm going to shout out Red Devil Studio for actually saying this, man. Because Red Devil Studio, he said that uh, what Levy is probably going to do is wait until the last few days of this window, accept the bid, then say to Nuno Santos, oh, there are only two days left. You know, who can you buy in two days? He'll pocket the 160 for himself. Nuno will for call himself. him in, in, in January <laughs> and say, yo, come in January. And Lily was like, hey, wait, who? And Lily basically, will basically change his number so Nuno can't reach him in, in for the January window. So that will happen. <laughs> People really think Daniel Levy owns Tottenham, don't they? I know, like he's just he's a CEO, like he's a chairman essentially. I think it was smart if they strategically waited for this game. The the games at White Hart Lane or whatever they're calling their stadium nowadays, 
let's not sell Kane to City and have the first game be at our stadium and Harry Kane's there to be booed and whatnot. It actually kind of makes sense. And don't let him play against us. You know, let's save that for as long as we can. Let's postpone it for as long as we can, essentially. And now you can sell him. And City will know that they need a striker. So now your bargaining position is stronger. Go ahead, Paul. I just want to ask you both a question, really, because I think you both probably watch a lot more football from around the place than me. City definitely need a striker, I think. I think that's pretty universally agreed upon. What would be your kind of, if you guys were in charge of City's recruitment, what who are the strikers that you'd be looking at that are potentially theoretically available on the market at the moment? other than Harry Kane? Because he's obviously not the only good striker, is he? I mean, he's the only striker I think that they would be willing to go by. Because Pep, like the the, the idea that City need a striker is, we say that, and yes, I, I mean, I've said it twice already, but like Pep is happy to play without one. I look at their team and I think they need a striker. So I'm just assuming they see the same thing I see. But Pep is happy to play with his false nine they can play with Jack Grealish there or Mares, Sterling, De Bruyne. You can put anybody there if he feels like it. Does Pep think he needs a number nine? Maybe not. So who are the only proper number nines in the world that City would actually pay money for and play? I think Kane is the only one that's available because you said available on the market. Yeah, like so. Like, like you would, you wouldn't buy. Give me a striker. You wouldn't take Andre Lacazette from Arsenal, or Aubameyang from Arsenal because they might be available. Who knows? Um, and put them in Manchester City, and now all of a sudden Pep is playing with the number nine. I don't think they warrant him changing his system that no. way. But Kane, now we have a focal point. Mm. But the strikers on Kane's level, Lukaku just went to Chelsea, and I don't think he would fit with Pep's system. Holland, have hope. Do you think Holland would work with Pep? Like, I don't see that as a fit. Um, <clears throat> Pep is a coach, you know. It doesn't look, on the surface, it doesn't look, look like it fits. But Pep may take him six months. He's a completely different player who knows how to trap the ball, move the ball, smart to the ball, and more, <laughs> more mobile. So, yeah, but it does, just, well, on the surface, it doesn't look like if it will Yeah, work. it doesn't look like a fit. And the other three... They're not leaving. So there's no one like bubbling under somewhere that you could go, okay, this kid could be a big deal or whatever that mm. stands out somewhere. No. Well, I mean, to be honest, that's you got I one? Know, I don't know what it's called. The basically it's the kid who scored the Brazil's first goal in the Olympic final. Because I don't know how young oh. he is, but he looks all right. I know it who you're talking about, G. but I forget his name. It begins with, with G. But like, like, because see, my thing is, we have to just wait. We are in this weird situation now where like, there are no strikers. Let's just keep it real. Mm. There are no strikers, like, because the game has changed. The game has gone from strikers to inside forwards. So the new strikers are the inside forwards. So, you know, so what Pep is maybe looking for is, an attack-minded player, but not necessarily a striker-striker. Because, look, what's it called? Um, look at Euro 2012. Like, But the thing with Euro 2012 is you have to have a team with super high Q, 
midfielders if you want to win a tournament without a striker, which is which is the, the biggest flex that I've ever seen it a team do, which is just disrespectful. Um, but if you name the strikers, who are the strikers? Like they, they, ha- they hardly exist. So what Pep is looking for is just an attacking unit yep. where the goals can just be shared around. But you know, Aguero, even if he was a, a CL flop, he's still stats padded for you in, in, the, in the Premier League. So what you want is just like a good, reliable, fifth, minimum 15-goal guy that we can just spread the other goals all around and then take it. Hence why he's going for Kane. Because Kane is, okay, look, let's just see. Let's get the kind of security of goals that Anagero would give us. 10, 15, cool. And then we can then spread all the goals around to the rest of the team. And then we're now good for the league. Then let's deal with the Champions League. See, if Aguero wasn't good enough to break in and stop him playing false nine... Then the only one I can think of that's available that would stop him doing that is Harry Kane. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about Kane is he does offer a lot of. I mean, he has some. Oh yeah, he'll drive deep and yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's he's about uh, yeah. He's about as real a nine as you can get, but he he could in a to use the phrase in its tactical sense rather than (gasps) player choice sense. It's you know there's a you could say that he can actually. Harry Kane could be a false nine, you know, because he can drop deep and pull defenders out of position and stuff. Yep. Um, all right. It's not. It's not funny anymore. It's like, oh, you're going to talk about Arsenal, aren't you? I, I, I don't find it funny. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not. No, that makes one of us. I'm, no, I'm quite serious. Like, I'm sorry. I don't rush to. Arsenal fan TV anymore. I I'm, I don't know what troops or those guys said. Like it's not a joke. It's just what the hell. Brentford. <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> just today, like, but it's their first game in the Premier League. Like you, you shouldn't lose the Premier. But the the overall situation. Oh, Arsenal, easy. Res- respect my localish place again. I'm not revealing my place, but I'm localish to this. So respect Brentford, but please, thank you. What do Arsenal do? Just give up and start again. <laughs> move, what does that mean? <laughs> move, move back to Woolwich. I don't know. Oh, don't do <laughs> like they, they hate that. They hate I, that. They hate I, that. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. Uh, and, and you know, actually, it is, it is. There is an aspect to it which is just genuinely horrible, which is that they're owned by people that don't care. And you know, having had United's uh, ownership do the harm that they've done it's it's a horrible thing and football shouldn't football clubs should not be owned by people that don't care about them um but it is there is i can't deny that there is some humor in them making the same mistakes over and over again i think it should probably be said they won't be this bad for most of the season right i mean i know that might be a bit of a wild shout you see that they've yeah exactly like they've often been this bad they did have a lot of players out for this game um but like their attempt they had last season that also finished with eighth <laughs> or ninth. Where did they yeah. finish? I think they finished eighth, oh, right? We, we didn't have Lacazette, we didn't have Aubameyang. You had them the whole season last year, it didn't mm. help. Do, do you know Paul? The only thing that will help them is they don't have any European obligations, they're not in the conference, whatever, they're not in the Europa League, they're not in the Champions League, you know. So, one game a week, okay. If we're honest, sack Arteta now. Yeah, and as much as I don't like him, give Antonio Conte whatever he wants. Doesn't he want 
the ability to compete everything. at the top level in the transfer market, which they don't even slightly close to even begin to have a chance of offering Arteta him. after the transfer window is shut. Then you bring in Conte, <laughs> and he can't complain about transfers because the window's not open. But then he only has one game a week, and we've seen what he does with one game a week in the Premier League before. He won it. Now, I'm not saying he would win it for Arsenal, but I'm just saying it would be a quicker fix than suffering through Arteta for another 12 months. Because it's going to event... If Arteta's being sacked, some point, you might as well do it now. After one game, is very harsh. But you might as well do it now and bring in Antonio Conte. Give him whatever he wants. All he wants is money. Do it. Arsenal. Look, the stuff starts Arsenal from time. There's basically, you know, the, the, like, I started, like, the show starts at Heta from time. Just, you know, the fact that he's still there shows the issue. Like, so I, I told them and I warned them, you should have sat at Heta, man. <laughs> ah, if only they listened to the podcast. Um, Chelsea 3, Crystal Palace 0. <sighs> um, Marcus Alonso, trash defender, but very good attack-minded left wing back. And I think that's, you know, if you do what Real Madrid do with Ma- Marcelo, still playing because I think he offers more than Chilwell. Um, but the team still needs a striker. It still needs a Lukaku. Werner still trash. Um, and yeah, man, like I think you, you, you'll you only see this team's full potential when you now see it against Arsenal. Palace, unless Vieira walks with the players he has, I think he's, he's probably going to get a sack. I think from Vieira, it could be a case of where he's enforcing a philosophy onto players that may not know. So now look, it is Chelsea, so we'll see where we are at, at the end of 10 games and when they play teams of their level. But I'm just hoping Vieira isn't making the mistake of like, oh no, I have this philosophy and way of playing and I want these guys to play this way rather than, yeah, let's have a balance between my philosophy and what these players are about. Trevor Chalova? Oh, look, man, that was, no, that was a... Um, it was funny because I saw like a video of like uh, I think is Conte was trying to sort of congratulate him and he's basically just like dancing in the background but doesn't realize that Conte is behind him. Yeah, and Conte just was watching him dance. He does not realize. But look, it's it's great, man. I mean, it's like debut had a iffy game against in Spoko, but still played played pretty well. Made some good defensive blocks and I just look. It's a, it's a, it was an amazing goal. When I saw it, I was like, wow, that is like a great great strike. So what this now now does is, you know, it puts pressure on Rhys James, on Christensen and everything, because he's like, say, you know what, look, I'm going to put in an argument that I, sh- I think I should be starting in this back three, you know? So it's it's good, good, good for the Tuchel. Oh, just quickly, by the way, you know, Rhys James, like his first name is Rhys and his last name is James. Like his name isn't... Like oh, it- is it? Yeah, his his last name is just James. Is that oh I thought I thought it was a double barrel thing. No, no, no. Because if I ask you what's Reese James's first name. Okay. Oh shit. It's Reese. Oh wait, <laughs> did you think it was Reese Dash James? Yes. Oh that's, <laughs> that's great. I like that. I'm gonna start calling him that. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was because but then I was like, yeah, but the world's with his first name be. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was because someone on YouTube said, you know, his name is not double barreled, H H. I was like, what? Uh-uh. I was like, well, we yeah, need to give him a first name, Andrew Reese James. <laughs> he doesn't have a middle name either. Like if you go on Wikipedia, it's just Reese James. So I guess we don't know what his middle name is, but yeah, it's not hyphenated. Um, anyway, hey, 
I wanted to ask a question, if I may. I, I don't want to. Last, I really enjoyed the show with Carl Daniel uh, last week, um, but I did want to hear just a, a little bit of what um, what Hope made of of Messi ending up at PSG and. Oh, we're you... we're 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 going to get there. Oh, wait, okay, okay. Well, you know what? It's probably there. We can go. We can no, just... no. I don't mean to hijack the no, show no, at fine, all. I just fine, fine. we can skip Liverpool. You weren't here last week. Mm-hmm. Conspicuous absence. Yes. Busy as always. Messi to PSG. Shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking. It was theoretical last week because it wasn't all the way done. Mm. He had the press conference, but then the hours after the press conference, there was like some last second Hail Mary report. The Barcelona people are in, uh, they're flying oh, yeah, to that was, that was, somewhere. Cool. They're going to try to get Messi. And then his plane goes to uh, to Paris. So then, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? It was official. So, yeah. Now that it's official, Messi's a PSG player. He's wearing number 30. Odd, but not different. What do you think? Because I think yeah, 30 was his first non-number at Barcelona. Yeah, that's why it's not different. So, um, no, look, look, shocking. Shocking. Like, I... Like because I said that I, like this summer needed a really really big transfer window to really pop pop things off, and I thought that is it going to be Kane? Is it going to be um, Pogba? Not in a million years did I think that it was going to be Messi to PS PSG, you know. And I think it's great, you know, because I watched Barcelona, and I'm like, this is new. Let's now see a Barcelona without Messi. Okay, yeah. this is something new. And now Messi at PSG. So wow, Messi now has a team because Messi for ages has had to bust his ass oh, yeah, and yeah. and and look behind and see it's freaking Longley and PK behind just just, just screaming. Respect, respect. So respect. my thing is um it's but here's the thing is that I've seen a story play out a million times. I can almost guarantee that they're not winning the Champions League, at least in, in this season. Because Anybody that remembers, because I remember the Galacticos. Because when you saw that, wait a minute, Ronaldo, Raul, Figo, Zidane, Roberto Carlos are in the same team. It's like, who the heck are stopping these guys? Because once you saw that, everyone thought, no, these guys are going to win everything. But football is not, it's not like basketball. You know, basketball, you have a super team. Eh, they're going to clean up. Football, there are way more variables and it's way more which is why football is so amazing that not it's not just about having amazing players, you know, because the Galacticos were supposed to win everything. Because they that did. team was total good. Did they, they win three did, champions they, in a row? They just did it once. They won yeah. everything. They just only did it once when they were supposed to do it a bunch. But they um, did not. No, no, no. The, the the team with Ronaldo, Figo, and so forth never won the, the Champions League. Two thousand two. Ronaldo oh, never won probably, the champ. Yeah, but yeah, we, you know, Figo, Zidane. No, but but the Galactic Galacticos was when Ronaldo joined. Okay, Zidane was there. So never. So my thing is, you. all because you've got like um, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe there, because people are missing the king really. Because I always use this example for like films. I was like, oh my gosh, Don't we've got me. Denzel there, Russell Crowe is there, or really Scott is, is directing, Hans Zimmer is, is doing the music. Blah blah. It's going to be amazing. Oh cool, who's writing the script? No, no, but we've got Denzel. We've got, no, no, who's writing the scripts? Because as Al Pacino said, yeah, you can praise me all you want for Scarface. I was only just reciting the words that Oliver Stone wrote. So if the script is bad, there's always, the film can only be so good. 
So if the manager isn't really popping off, there's only so much that these players can do. Because more so than basketball, football oh. is very reliant on the manager. I was about to say, we've so. seen that movie. But we haven't. The Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American that's Gangster, that's yeah. American Gangster, but Hans Zimmer didn't do the music. You brought up a good point, though. We will double back to PSG in a second. But watching Barcelona without Messi is a fun experience. It's very interesting. So especially... I love watching Memphis Depay play football because he tries things. Just the first flick turn that he did, just that's just he, – he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's just like – it just comes to him and he does it. Um, the free kick assist that he had for uh, PK, he's just – he's fun to watch. It's going to be his team by the end of the year, I think. So we'll see, we'll see how that looks. Um, but this is why we double back around. Okay. Because Messi has left Barcelona for PSG, Mbappe, it's thought, if you, if the El Chungrito, whatever those dudes are up to, they're saying that Mbappe is not thrilled with this whole Messi to PSG stuff. So he wants out. So Real Madrid are going to offer 120 million euros to PSG. If PSG accept the offer, Mbappe will go to Madrid because it's always been his dream. And PSG will take that 120 million euros and they will go to Turin and put the money on the table for Juventus and say, give us Cristiano. (laughs) You laugh. You laugh. But these are Spanish reports that are coming out, official reports. So Mbappe to Real Madrid, Ronaldo (laughs) to PSG. This 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 could happen. For only 120. Oh, that would be. I'm laughing because the idea of it, not because it's, I'm not laughing because it's ridiculous. I'm laughing because it's hilarious. Imagine if that happened. What an extraordinary so you can have a front three of Messi, Neymar, Cristiano. Now, I hear that and I think it's not 2012 or not even 2012. It's not 2016. It's not 2015. It's 2021. So the ages of these guys, by the time we get to next summer, Neymar will be 30, I think. Yeah, he was born in 92. Um, Messi is 34, 35, turning 36. And Cristiano, when was he born? Is he, he's an 85. So it'd be 36, 37. Like, the names on the shirts will look good. On FIFA, you'll look good. But... Is this really something you should aspire to have? Messi, Cristiano, and Neymar in 2021? Outside of the commercial, the Qatari soft power thing? The fatal flaw in the whole argument is that Real Madrid will pay 120 million for anything. That's that's light for Mbappe? it's, It's light for Mbappe. It's not light for Real Madrid, who are completely and utterly broke. And that the 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 amount that they they'll end up in the same position that Barcelona were where they can't register the players because there's their spending caps are set by La Liga. I, I just I think next seat like Mbappe running his contract down and going to Real Madrid next season I think is entirely plausible. You don't but... think that's part of the reason why you guys were able to get Varane and why PSG were able to sign Ramos is that they were clearing the way for the Mbappe 
I think there's a really solid argument if you look. I mean, I, I don't know the details of the of Real Madrid's finances as as much as Barcelona's, given how much um, the coverage there's been of the Barcelona situation with Messi. But uh, I think it it given what Barcelona's spending cap was put at, I think it's much more likely that they were um, they had to get rid of they had to not renew Ramos and uh, allow Varane to leave to keep the lights on rather than um, to fund a 120 million. So, I mean, I could, like, listen, this could be announced before the show's out and I'll I'll look the full, but I don't mind that. Um, I, I, my guess would be uh, it's it's more about the fact that without getting rid of some money off the wages, they wouldn't have been allowed to field a team this season. Firstly, do you think Mbappe has it in him to just be like, no, nah, I'm not staying here for this. Madrid is kind of an open space. If I can get there, why wouldn't I go? So do you think that's a feasible outcome that he leaves this summer instead of free next, which would be more advantageous for Madrid based on everything Paul said? What then are the ramifications if Cristiano is an idea? Um, you see, for me, I've, I mean, I've always felt that um, Mbappe, he has to leave. Mm. He has to leave because... Um, I just don't think PSG is the right environment for him because it's 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 a holiday camp, you know. And the the Mbappe at Monaco was actually a a more effective, better player than the Mbappe at PSG because at PSG, it's, it's, mm. there's like I don't think he was better. You can maybe argue he was more effective. No, 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 no. He was, but he's he was not better. a better footballer than he was then. He was better. No, 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 he was better at because like, for me, it's like no. he he knew what his limitations were, and he focused on his strengths. Like Mbappe is not a dribbler; he's not a guy who can do crazy amazing skills. That's not your game. Your game is one, two, quick, boom, boom, quickly create great space. Did you watch the game the shots this and so week? Forth. Against who? Eiffel Tower FC. <laughs> No, that is PSG or Eiffel Tower FC. I'm <laughs> like it's their bad. You know, no, 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 no. But it's it's they're playing against Eiffel Tower FC, man. So, um, actually, actually, no, no. Shout out to um, Disneyland Paris, man, for over overcharging over on entering Disneyland, man. So, there's no way I was going to pay that price for that. Although the salmon sandwiches near my hotel was very nice, though. So, side notes. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> No, no, no. When I when I went on a holiday to Paris, I was not going to pay that amount to enter Disneyland, man. So screw you. How how um, much is it? Did you say seventy euros? Bro, I think that thing was about hundred and something euros. I was like, no, what? Screw you. It was expensive. To see Mickey and Minnie. Well, also Captain America's shield, Iron Man's thing, Avengers, all that kind of stuff. Oh, that so. sounds up your alley, man. You should have paid the money. No, no, no. I, would, but I was like, this is too much. I was like, because. <laughs> I, the I was African like, uncle sure, jumped right. out of you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Switching, switching, be this, Um, so no, look. I said before, Mbappe is not going to leave this summer. It's not going to happen. I think the whole thing. I, everyone like Twitter's now going crazy with all oh, Cristiano to PSG, oh. um, Mbappe to Real Madrid. Blah, blah. Like if that happens, I think the incident will rupture. Like, like Jack will need to reinstall and um, Twitter because that app will be destroyed. Um. But Mbappé to Madrid is eventually going to happen. And it makes sense. Like, I don't think... I think Mbappé going to Real Madrid could be what he needs. Because as PSG, you're going at a very young club. The league was founded in 1970. They have no real history. So 
there is no real heritage that they have. So literally, it's like it is a holiday kind of way. Hey, come and do whatever the heck heck you want. But you come to Real Madrid, you look at Benzema, Marcelo, Cruz, Bale, Casemiro, who've won what four Champions Leagues, and you know what the history of Real Madrid are about. It will change you because you because busy. Put it this way: Mbappe is bigger than than, than PSG. Of course, he is. Mm. Neymar is bigger than than PSG. Nobody's bigger than Real Madrid. So, hmm. all right, let's do some questions and then we can get out of here. This is from Red Shakan, not the Red we know, but does Mbappe's ego match his talent? Is he good enough to be the main man of a team like Madrid? His finishing is shocking. I do think his finishing has gotten worse. The same with Neymar. Neymar's finishing has gotten worse at PSG. I don't know what's going on with him. In that it's, too, it's too easy for him, isn't it? They get too many chances. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Perfectly put. Complacency. If you're in a club on a situation where it's very easy, it's very simple, you're like winning these games at, at, at ease, you'll be complacent. But if you're in a club where, okay, these are games I had and so forth, you become much more laser sharp. So basically... But you would think that... that the yeah, you would think that the Champions League would cause that kind of motivation. You play more games in Uber Eats. There are more games in, in Uber Eats than you play So we're saying Messi is going to go League. there and find it difficult and we're going to say, oh, Messi, man, how come you only have 15 goals this season? No, because he's he's on a, no. he's Lionel Messi. I think Messi's going to struggle more than you guys think he is. The thing about... um. I'm going to use a United example because I'm a cliche and I'm going to use an example from the 90s because I'm also a cliche. Um, But, you know, United won the Champions League in 99 and I don't think it's a coincidence that that was after after Arsenal um, had pushed them to a level they hadn't been pushed before. And Roy Keane talks about it um, in terms of Eric Cantona and just maybe it was all a bit too easy for United in the league. I think Keane probably makes a little bit too much of that, but I think it's one of the reasons I, I think having a really, having an intense rivalry in the league up to your level, I suspect. You mentioned tennis earlier, Daniel, we see it all the time, right? In tennis that players raise their level when they play better players. So I think that might be a factor. Is Mbappe good enough to be the main man at Madrid? I think the answer is yes. I think so too, but I'm hugely biased. From Gowan69, why do players like Mishi, Bashwai, <laughs> agree to the Chelsea extended loan scam rather than just leaving? I don't know, Gowan. That is a great question. By the way, Mishi scored five goals today against some League One, League Two club in like some warm-up training match. Five goals in a game. <laughs> He's not good enough to be the backup? Like, come on. Five goals? Be- Would you rather have Timo Werner as your backup striker or Mishi Bashiwai have hope? Oh, Bashiwai for sure. I mean, Werner that, okay, is that, horrible. What are we saying? Um, that does remind me. We didn't talk about Tammy going to Roma. Don't do not do it, Tammy. Stay away from him. He'll hurt you. Yeah, he can <laughs> he, he can run the, the drogbud.exe file. And... <laughs> He'll be okay. None and Ch- Chelsea, Chelsea's, Chelsea's deal is perfect. They, <laughs> Chelsea are going to sell him for, I think, 40. And they have an 80 million euro buyback clause after two years. So if he does well, they can bring him back. And Lukaku will be 30, 31 in two years, two, three years. So Chelsea did a good deal. Marina always does her work in the in the outgoings. 
if you try and run drogba.exe, your computer says, oh, I'm sorry, this only works on Windows Vista because oh, no. No, no computer since 2006 has been able to run any of this programming. Okay, maybe not 2006, but um, <laughs> maybe a little more. This program that, but... is not compatible with Windows. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, this this uh, this computer that this is supposed to run on has been so severely corrupted by the last decade. See, this is good for Tammy in the sense that at Chelsea he didn't have any political standing. He had it slightly with Lampard because there was a transfer ban, and Lampard was so dead set on playing academy players. But the reason why Werner gets as many chances as he does is because he has a 40 million, 50 million pound price tag. So they have to play him. The reason Morata got all those chances is because he had, he, he cost 60 mil. The reason that Fernando Torres had to play all those games, 20 goals and 110 appearances, if I have the numbers correctly, trash in just in the, just in the league. Cost 50 million. You got to give him all the chances in the world to play. The reason Drogba didn't get kicked out after the first season and the first two seasons that he had, even though he scored 16 goals each season, was because he cost 32 or was it 26? Either way, you need somebody to invest in you that which gives you the leverage to get minutes to play. At Chelsea, because he's academy product, there's no minutes available. But because now he's gone to Roma, they've put out 40 million for him, and Mourinho wants him. Now he has the backing to get minutes because somebody's put faith in him with money, which is more than I guess Academy love is worth these days. And Chris Smalling's there. So he'll have a, a English homie that can show him the ropes, restaurants to go, things not to do, things to do in Rome. So he'll be all right. Un unfortunately, uh, he will have his confidence utterly shredded and will question according whether he's... To, uh, according uh, to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and and a substantial weight of evidence. <laughs> but Mishi signs the extensions for loans. I don't know why. Maybe they give him more money each time he does it. Maybe Is that's it? what he's. I don't know. I don't know. But for me, he should have because he went to Crystal Palace last season and he signed the extension. I was like, bro, just let your contract run out, and that way you can be a free agent and you can go wherever you want. So it, it doesn't make sense. But. I I do think there's there is one logical reason that players do this. Just to make a actual serious point, I was sort of joking about Mourinho, sort of doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. But um, I think it's about security because uh, if you run your contract down, you are taking an enormous risk because if you get injured seriously in that time, then your earning power will be seriously hampered afterwards. And also you probably have to recognise that where wherever you end up are going to pay you less than Chelsea will. So you might you might just be making more money signing that extension and going on loan if that if that matters to you. Um so I think that might be why it's done. Black emoji we already hit your question. So you know I read it but we've we've answered it throughout the podcast. Um do you think it's interesting that Michael Richards being the city dude is like showing support kind of for Paul Pogba, whereas Neville is being a bit more critical and harsh? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, but I, I don't think it's particularly relevant. Michael Richards is just pretty sound, right? Michael Richards is doing his best to speak his truth. And if when United play City, he's unapologetically supporting City over United, as, as anyone would expect him to. Um, Gary Neville, I, I think, is a... I find Gary Neville an absolutely fascinating character study of, I, I have very complex mixed feelings about Gary Neville. Hmm. 
that th- th- I think there are big pros and I think I I like some of what he's done quite a lot and some of sometimes I think he has some fairly substantial blind spots um anyway uh he doesn't generally I mean obviously like if United play Liverpool he's not shy about chatting to Jamie Carragher about wanting United to win but I actually think he's he's a lot of United fans would say that he's kind of gone overboard to appear neutral um, and mm. not excessively United biased um, in some of his coverage. Will United, Liverpool, Chelsea and City pull away from the rest of the league and rank those four teams with the deepest to least deepest teams? So basically we've replaced the top four of the 2000s. We've replaced yeah. Arsenal and added City. Yeah, I, I think that is, I think the answer to the first part of that question is yes. Um, I don't yeah. like it, even though I support one of those teams. I think, I think it's because of the financial situation that that's the case. Um, but I, I do think the answer is yes. Same. Double H. Oh no, no, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Actually, sorry, I said it was to do with the financial set um, thing, and I actually think Liverpool are the exception to that. Uh, I think the reason Liverpool are where they are is because of Jurgen Klopp, um, which is, you know, I think he's the money a, helps. Uh, the the money helps, but I don't think relative to Arsenal, Liverpool have substantially more earning power. For example, um, unlike United, who clearly do, and then the the City and Chelsea are in a different financial league. Deepest to least deepest teams. I think it's hard to look beyond City for depth. So I think uh, I think they've got um, they've got cover everywhere. You know, United would be right up there. I think uh, in terms of. Uh, their attacking depth, I think, there's that's the best in the league, I think. Um, but midfield, they've got players who shouldn't even be have, in the first you eleven. Two, you guys have two goalkeepers, five centre backs. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of okay buys like a half because we can't count that he'll be fit. Well, are you counting Phil Jones in that because he's less than that's less a lot less than half if you're. Uh, so it's Lindelof, so, Maguire. Yeah, Lindelof, Maguire, Varane, and then you're into Bailly and Phil Jones. Twan Zabi's just gone on loan. Uh, They don't really have cover at fullback. I mean, Brandon Williams is going to play if they have one injury. Um, So that's a problem. Uh, I I think we saw that Liverpool have serious depth issues last season. Um, So it's interesting. I'd say City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool. That'd be my rating of, right. of depth of those teams. You've swayed me. I'll put I'll put Chelsea second. Yeah, I think Liverpool the, the least. Yeah. All right. Um do you know what? I just remembered. One last thing. Who's winning the Premier League from both of you? Hard to say man. I mean for me like I think on unless if Liverpool don't make any attacking signings from now until the end, I think City are the favourites man. If City sign Kane, like I said last week, I'd say City. Yeah. If they I, don't, I'll go with Chelsea. And I never pick Chelsea to win anything. But new times. Do you know what? I, I think that my position is almost identical to yours, actually. I think it's if if City sign Kane, I think it's over by the shouting. I think that that is that completely sort of ruins the season a bit. <laughs> um I'd love to say United, but I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There's a, a long way to go and there are big issues. They're not going to sign a uh, CDM and that's, you know. Are you guys done signing players? I, I think so. Okay. And, and unless unless they can sell some, which is a, a huge if because nobody's got any money. 
Um, so I, th- I think it seems unlikely to me. Um, and I think Chelsea are probably my second favourite. Lukaku is a huge, a huge signing for them. But like you said, and, and also Tuchel falls out with players. Um, so that, that we could, it's, it's, there's a long way to go. But I'd, yeah, I'd say City or Chelsea. Who's winning La Liga? Have hope. No idea. But it's but it'll be between Atletico <laughs> or Real. But no no idea. That's, I that's think, a tough one. I think I think Barca are gonna win it. No. no <laughs> they will be the most ironic. <laughs> yep. Um did you see the quotes that Laporta came out with today? No, Yo, what did he say? I think he's trying to get Bartomeu hurt, bro. There's no other reason why well, I mean, okay, the, the most obvious reason is Barcelona losing Messi is terribly embarrassing for the club. So in order to save face, they now need to reveal the reason, the financial reasons why signing him was not feasible, which means they have to lay bare their books. So Laporta came out and said that the club are worth a negative, they're worth negative 400 and something million euros. Like that's what their value is based on the debts that they have and all the things like they lost 90 million over the course of the COVID crisis line by line through the mismanagement of the former regime. And he did it publicly. That seems like dirty laundry that you probably shouldn't let everybody know, but maybe because Barca are publicly owned, maybe like they have different rules or whatever it is. But I'm like, bro, you're going to get Bartomeu hurt if you keep selling, saying everything that he did wrong. There's no way Bartomeu is in Barcelona, right? If he is, he must be in like some safe room, safe house. How can he go to the grocery store or fill his car up with gas or church even the level of financial or fiscal mismanagement is just... any last points anything that we didn't talk about no thank you for having me and thank you for keeping on doing the show um i know nice one, I, speak, I speak for all the listeners when i say it is a, a weekly treat nice one paul thank you man. you are and you are welcome. more than welcome you are welcome to show up anytime you want <laughs> thank you i'll be back shouldn't be so long but that's that's more my fault uh we do the podcast Every Tuesday, remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the talking tactics. Half of where can people get you on the internet? Uh, for footballhot.com. Links are all in the description. And we will see you guys next week. Uh, talking tactics podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.